Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really, really excited about today's episode. Ooh, me too. I'm excited that it is topical. I feel like every time I log into Twitter, someone is talking about this. So we're going to dive into hey.com. I'm sure you all have seen some buzz around it. They definitely have some strong opinions, which will be really fun to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like email box providers... They have the pretty standard names, you know, Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook. That hasn't really changed that much over the last few years. And even like Hotmail has been acquired by what is Outlook? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So even though you may like as a customer not know that, like you still use your Hotmail address. So those have not really changed that much. And here all of a sudden is this new hey.com. Yeah, I think that's the reason why, at least for me, every time I log into Twitter or every time I go into one of my email like Slack groups, everyone's talking about Hey because there's just not that much innovation in email these days, even though it's such an important part of all of our lives. So the second there's anything new and shiny, we're all going to be talking about it. And it's also marketing on the Hey side. So what do you think is the biggest like shiny new thing of Hey that got people talking? So, oh, that's a good question. I would say what got people talking is what we're going to talk about a little bit later, the whole spy pixels that they're blocking. But I actually got my hands on a hey.com account. At first, I thought that I was just going to use it to be a good deliverability expert and test things out and see what's new. But I can't lie. I liked it. And I'll probably end up buying the account and not just using the free trial. But I would say, honestly, they have so many strong features that set Hey apart from your typical mailbox writer. And I even, I've always been a Gmail user and I've considered Gmail to be really creative and different. Kind of the gold standard. Right, exactly. And yeah, to be honest, in my opinion, I think Hey has done a really good job of taking it to the next level, especially when it comes to productivity. So I would say my very favorite feature would probably be Mm -hmm. just all of the different ways you can view and reply to emails. And so, for example, you can, once you see your inbox, let's say you have five unread messages, Mm -hmm. you can read them all together like in a feed and respond to them in a way that the email is still visible right next to you. And you're just responding right next to the email in like a text box. And then you scroll right down to the next one. So that's, I just love that. Like, I feel like it will save a lot of people time if they have some Yeah, good processes there. Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of, I mean, they're basically taking the idea of social media in a way and putting it into email, which Mm -hmm. is, that's kind of where we've all moved towards. We've talked about this in different episodes before. Email is so important because it's not social media in the way that Instagram and Facebook are. So I also love that feature. I watched the CEO's like 36-minute tutorial And I have to totally admit, even though it seemed like kind of a sales pitch, I was definitely like, okay, I can get on board with this. Yeah. And just in case you're listening and you're like, what are they talking about? I realized we just jumped right into it. But so there's a new mailbox provider out there called 
Hey. Their email is, or their domain is hey.com. You can go to their website and it's a new email service provider. So you can get, I mean, right now you have to get a code or get on the wait list, but eventually anyone can sign up for a hey.com account and it is $99 a year. There's a free trial, but their whole thing is that they are only giving you the emails you want and that they want email to stop feeling like a chore. So they want you to feel like you actually have control over email. And I do think that's something a lot of people can relate with. I think a lot of us feel like our inboxes have gotten a bit out of control and logging into your email every day feels like just a big weight on your shoulders. So Hey wants to change that. And I think also they realize that there is definitely some, I would say, community frustration over social media and how algorithms work and not being able to see the posts that you want to see and sometimes creators feeling like um, their content's not being seen by the right people. And I think they want to make sure that the user has control instead of feeling like the algorithms have control, which I can totally understand. So that's kind of an interesting aspect of it as well. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to start talking about just a few features that we feel like you need to know about to understand how Hey works. We're going to talk about what everyone's been talking about, which are those spy pixels. What are they? Do they actually need to be blocked? Is it as big of a deal as the Hey team says it is? And we're going to talk more about the repercussions of if we start to not use open tracking pixels. What does that mean for deliverability? What does it mean for both senders and receivers in the future? A few other deliverability facts about Hey and how they work as a mailbox provider. And then we have some predictions about how email will look in the future based on what Hey has been doing. So let's jump into some features about Hey that you probably want to know about. So in Hey, you get to screen senders the first time they send you messages. So essentially, let's say Melissa sends me an email to my Hey account, but it's the first time Hey has seen her sending address. She's going to go to a special little area and Hey's going to tell me, I have a message from a new sender that I need to screen. And I'm going to click on that little button and then I will see Melissa's email there and there's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You can click there to see more of the email. Maybe you're not sure what you want to do with it. But example for Melissa, of course, I would say thumbs up. But there have been senders that I have given a big old thumbs down to. And it's usually companies or brands that maybe I purchased something from three years ago and I've never purchased anything again and they just will not stop emailing me. And I feel like I might have unsubscribed at some point, but somehow they're still emailing me. So that makes that screening feature really great because now that I've given them the thumbs down in Hey, I'm not going to see them in my inbox at all or any of my other tabs that I want to be looking at. There is a special little folder called screened out where if for some reason, maybe I think I made a mistake or I just want to see what all has been screened out recently, I can go there, see all the emails that they screened out because I gave the sender a thumbs down. And after 90 days, those screened out messages will be automatically deleted by Hey. Honestly, that seems like a pretty cool feature because I appreciate what Gmail does with the promotions folder and the spam folder, but it's kind of nice that once you screen that person out, 
you don't have to worry about them coming back again. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the critics will probably say things like, well, you can do stuff like that in Gmail. Like if you get an email from someone, you can block the sender, you can mark it as spam. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of true. It's just the little things. Like I definitely have blocked a sender in Gmail that always sends me spam. I've unsubscribed a million times. I've marked their messages spam. I've sent an abuse report. I've done everything I can. They still send me email. So I blocked them. Right. And they go to my spam folder, which might seem like, oh, that's not a big deal. But as it's my business account, so like I have to look at my spam folder pretty often to make sure a customer email didn't get put there for any reason. So I still am seeing notifications that they're in my spam folder and I have to go look at my spam folder It's just not ideal. Like I'm still seeing them, even though I really don't want to. I would love for their messages to just drop off the face of the earth. Exactly. And it's that whole like, I think that's Hay's goal is to make, like you said, make this not a chore to go through your inbox. I mean, that's kind of like a joke in all of the business world is like, oh, my inbox is at zero finally. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't have to go digging to either find a message that you want or work extra hard to block the messages you don't want. Yeah. Exactly. And you probably couldn't tell, but the whole time Melissa and I are talking about hey, and we're saying the word inbox, it's actually with an M as in Mary, not an N. So they have named it the M box, which not my favorite feature. And I know (laughs) a lot of people feel the same way. I was trying to convince my husband that he should sign up for the free trial. And I just know him like He's going to be like, that's something that's different. That's just trendy and weird. Right. He hated it because he is not a trendy guy. Like he really likes tradition and whatever, but he loves innovation too. But that I knew. I was like, there's one thing you're going to hate and I think it will make you not want to use it. And that's how much he hates it. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Don't know if I can use it. I think it's it's kind of like innovation is obviously something creators can get behind. Right. I think the M is taking it to a place where it's difficult to understand just like innately without needing an explanation from them as to why. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it. Yeah. you naturally are like, oh, that makes sense. I think you automatically are like, what's the problem? Exactly. And actually, that's such a common thought that they bought the domain. It's not a typo.com. And when you go to it, it tells you it's not a typo because people keep telling them you have a typo. And they're like, no, this is meant to be this way. This is us. Like, if enough people are writing in and telling you you have a mistake, maybe it wasn't the best idea. Like, I get it. It's cute. I looked at it's not a typo.com and they explained that the IM is supposed to stand for important. I think there was one other word they used, but regardless, yeah, I mean, I think probably one person on the team was like, oh, what if we did this? That'd be funny. And they were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah. But to me, it's kind of off-putting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's always fun when companies do things like that, you know, to try to be a little bit different and set themselves apart. But I think we're both on the same page. This one, this one's not our favorite. Yeah, I think, I don't know, this is weird, but maybe the thing that I hate most about it is that if you say it with an M, at least for me, if I say it with the M, it still sounds like I'm saying it with the N. I don't know. Like, in, inbox. <laughs> I just don't like it. Inbox. Yeah. If you say it fast, no one will ever know. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyways. So that's a weird feature. But if you start to see people saying the word inbox with an M instead of an N, they might be talking about their Hey account. So some more features that I think are great is the feed and the paper trail. Do you want to talk about what those two things are? Yeah. So the feed is meant for things like newsletters and promotional emails, things that if you don't see them right away, it's probably not a huge deal. And so you can put 
things like, you know, let's say you get a newsletter from the Humane Society every month and you do enjoy reading it, but it's not something you have to reply to right away. You can put something like that in the feed. Casual reads, I guess, is what you would call that. And then let's see what else. The feed is designed so that each email has a preview showing. So you don't have to necessarily open it all the way. You can see kind of what it's about. And like we mentioned before, you can put some of those emails together so that you can read it as almost like you're scrolling through Facebook posts, kind of. It's a pretty interesting way to look at email. I don't understand why emails are so horizontal and we're going through them list by list, which I did think was an interesting tidbit. And then the paper trail, I think, is actually, I take back what I said earlier, I think it's definitely my favorite feature. The paper trail is for transactional emails like receipts, order confirmations. This would probably change my life if I could have my email. I mean, you know, in Gmail, you have folders. It's a lot more like your own secretary trying to keep track of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think with the paper trail feature in Hey, it would be a little bit easier to keep track of all those things because you can make it a little bit more automated. Right. I love both of these features as I've started to use Hey because let's talk about the promotions tab in Gmail because I think that's the best thing we have to compare it to. So some issues with the promotions tab, like you mentioned, it's horizontal. I know for me, I do scroll through my promotions tab sort of like a feed, but all I see there is the sender and the subject line. And I usually don't actually click to see more unless, I mean, something really grabbed my attention or it's a company I really want. But with the feed, I could see a lot more of the email and it will probably make me more likely to click on the email, view more of the content, purchase something because I get more than just the subject line. I'm able to see the actual content. And I don't feel like I have to go and click into the email to look at it and then click out and then click in and then click out a million times. Right. So it's definitely a problem they're solving of just email takes so many clicks and tiny little things to just do the basic things you want to do. And the feed makes it so easy to just, like you said, scroll like you're on social media, see what you want to see right, and ignore what you don't. Well, when I said automated earlier, too, I just want to clarify that when you place an email from the inbox into the feed or the paper trail, that's not being decided by an algorithm. You are actually doing that. So when I say automated, I guess I mean, like you're saying, it's clicking around so many times. You're literally looking at an email from the inbox and you're deciding right away where it needs to go. So I think you're sort of you're helping yourself learn to be better about being organized, whereas it's so easy in sort of original email situation to kind of get overwhelmed and let your inbox go crazy. And I think in, hey, the goal is to sort of train yourself to start placing emails where they need to go right away. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really interesting. It's a very interesting difference to Gmail specifically is the whole fact that these things aren't made with an algorithm, like you're the one making the decision. I think there are pros and cons there because you and I both know how many people write into us every day and say, my emails are going to the promotions tab and I don't want that. And we're like, well, that's all on Gmail's algorithm. Is your email promotional? Because that's where they are sending promotional emails. So we can't retrain Gmail's algorithm. If they think you're promotional, that's where they're going to send you. So with Hey, it is nice that the recipient, like the user, has the power to decide, do I want this message in promotions or I guess the feed the paper trail or the inbox. And an example where I made a decision that probably an algorithm wouldn't is I got the Tim Ferriss newsletter and I actually put that in my inbox 
because I want to know like right when those arrive and I want to read them. When most people might, I don't know, some people might think that would go in the feed. I would think an algorithm might put that in a feed because it's a newsletter. I wanted it in my inbox. So I got to make that decision. And then another thing that Hey does is you can select where messages from a specific sender go in the future. So essentially, like you said, the Humane Society and Hey, I could go into their contact and I can set a rule that says all of their emails should go straight to the feed. And that's great. So then you don't have to every time see them in your inbox, move it over. You can kind of set that rule. Right. But I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of varied senders. So for example, (laughs) shout out to my facial place in Nashville. Love getting a good facial. I will get appointment reminders, confirmations, receipts. Those I would all want to go to my paper trail, but I'll also get their newsletters and things that, you know, have products and good content. I would want that to go to my feed. But with the way Hay has their rule set up, I would only be able to pick one place for their messages to go if I set it up that way. So for a sender like that, I'll probably just have them all go to my inbox and then manually decide where each message should go. So yeah, I feel like they do need a step above what they have right now. Maybe not go full into algorithms like Gmail does, but I do feel like there needs to be at least one more layer of rules where I can say, if it looks like this, I want it to go there. But if it looks like this, I want it to go there, even if it's the same sender. Right. And actually, there was another really cool thing that I watched during that 30-minute video that they were talking about as a sort of a feature. And the example they used was like, if you got in a car accident and you had to reach out to your friend who's also your insurance agent and you sent, here's my pictures for the claim. And then you also had to contact the auto body place. And so you had these two related senders for one incident, for example, the car accident. And you could actually merge those into almost like its own little thread or feed. So even though like I totally agree with you, having like a step above so that you could have like Mm -hmm. a really important sender who had sort of both promotional newsletter, et cetera, sort of in one place other than like having to pick certain folders. But I thought that was really cool that you could sort of like, yeah, have related senders who are talking about the same thing, but might not be in the same email together. You could put those in the same thread. Yes, I love that. And a couple other features we weren't going to cover. They have so many features, so we won't go into all of them. They do. But two, you just made me think about that I do think are really cool is that One, if you get added to like an email thread that just goes on and on and you do not want to receive any more emails from it, you can just within Hey, like leave the thread, which is not really a functionality of email, but is more a functionality of just like the UI of Hey, they won't send you any more emails from that thread because you said you wanted to leave, which is so nice if you've ever been on these long like listserv emails that are just going (laughs) out of control. I know y'all deliverability email people know what I'm talking about, but second one is there is like a sticky notes and notes feature where you can leave notes on an email that are only seen by you and are not seen by the actual person you're emailing with, but you can add them to the thread. But anyways, so that's really cool. I love that. Like if there's an email that you need to do something about, but you don't want to email that person and say, I need to blah, blah, blah. You can just leave that note for yourself right there in the email and they won't see it, but you will. Yeah, that's awesome. So they definitely have some good some good features that are reminiscent to me of social media. And they're kind of bringing that 
sort of social media vibe and like what we all are getting more and more used to every day into email, which I can definitely appreciate from having been like social media management affiliated before and then also now in deliverability. I kind of like sort of that complement to each other. Yeah, I agree. I think this has been a long time coming. Like we are getting much more advanced when it comes to the way we communicate and having control over our platforms. And I do think Hey does a really good job of solving the problem that email has been a bit out of control for all of us. And I think a lot of us feel like our inbox is very personal to us. We see it all the time. We usually get push notifications on our phone about any email that comes through. But at the same time, it feels like anyone can send us an email and maybe there are people we don't want to receive emails from or we don't like specific emails. And as much as you can unsubscribe and do all these things, sometimes it really does just feel like it's out of your control and things pile up. And a lot of the things that pile up are like order confirmations, receipts, things like that, that Hey just has done a really good job thinking about all of the little things that flood your inbox and might make you overwhelmed. And they try and take that away, which is wonderful. Absolutely. Well, we could get into a little bit about why Hey might not be the best new solution to email. Yeah, this one's definitely controversial, but that's fun. I think I usually stray away from anything that seems controversial or opinionated, but let's just hop into it. So the reason why you've probably seen a lot of people talk about Hey is their really strong stance on what they call spy pixels. So (laughs) what they are referring to as a spy pixel is an open tracking pixel that exists in probably most emails that get sent to you. They have decided if they see an open tracking pixel in any email that gets sent to you, they will block it, meaning that pixel won't be loaded and the sender will not be able to tell whether you opened that message or not. So a pixel is a tiny invisible image within the email. And just with the way the internet works, when you see an image on your computer, it's automatically downloaded onto your computer. So that image is stored on a server on the sender's end. And as soon as it sees that you have downloaded that image, it logs and open. I think the reason why people get really worked up about the pixel, or at least why the Hey team does, is because it is possible to get your IP address information through that pixel, which then can know your location or general location when the email is opened. This is just so interesting because these pixels have been around for a really long time. Again, most emails you are receiving probably have those pixels in them. They're especially used by really large senders, large brands, but they're also used by smaller senders. And I think maybe they have the potential to be used in a really malicious way. I have not really seen cases where it's happened that people are using them maliciously to really like grab your location and figure out where you are. Maybe someone could. Maybe someone could. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, most people are using them for to determine how well an email is performing. So they're looking at which subscribers are unengaged, who to send certain emails to, like more targeted emails. Like you mentioned, pixels have become a normal part of email sending. And I don't know. I mean, you've been in deliverability longer than I have. So you would know sort of the stance on whether or not people think they are a malicious intent. Yeah. So... I feel like the first wave of people being concerned about this happened with another email service provider, mailbox provider that 
was called Superhuman, and it kind of got a lot of buzz for a while in a similar way to Hey. But with Superhuman, anytime you sent an email from your Superhuman account, so like my Hey account, if I sent you an email, it would it would have a pixel automatically in every email and it would tell me if you opened or not, which that it just does feel a little creepier when it's more of a one-to-one situation. I can definitely see. And that caused a lot of controversy. People were like, I don't want this random person emailing me to know if I opened their email and where I am, you know, where I live, whatever. I totally get that. I think as someone who's been in the email industry for a long time, it also just When it comes to larger brands or businesses sending you email that you have consented to receive, which is what I always believe should happen, I think all email should be opt-in and permission-based. I think in that situation, it doesn't concern me if a brand knows that I open their email because they're not going through their list and being like, oh, wow. Alyssa Doolin opened my email and here's her where she opened it. I probably I think she lives there. I'm going to go. Yeah, it's, it's a little less personal than like, right, maybe someone with a small list who's got your email somehow and is like watching like a list of five and whether they opened their email. That seems a bit more personal. Yeah. So I guess I essentially think there is a middle ground here. Like I agree that it can be creepy if it's a, just one person emailing you directly, maybe a cold email and they put a pixel in there and then they do the whole annoying thing where it's like, I noticed you didn't open my email. Yeah. I really want to connect with you. I saw your LinkedIn. Yeah, that is annoying. And I really, I don't want that person to know my location. Sure. I agree. But also if it's a larger customer who's using an email service provider, that email service provider likely has really strict policies in place. And that company had to have received your consent to email you. They're not going to go through and look at your location individually and do anything with that. I don't know. And I'm not saying this is the correct stance to have. I personally am not weirded out when it's a larger sender that has an open tracking pixel in there because- And you've agreed to opt in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I've agreed to give you my email address. So I just, I do think maybe it's time for there to be more of a middle ground. And I, we will talk about that in our predictions for the future. But what I do have maybe a little problem here with is calling it a spy pixel. Because to me, that feels a bit like a marketing tactic and a, I don't like causing panic or fear in people in order for them to buy a product personally. Yeah, that just bothers me, especially as a deliverability person. And we are constantly working to educate people and help things <laughs> that feel scary feel a little bit more understandable. Because in general, I think email feels scary to a lot of people because it feels so misunderstood and we don't know the inner workings and all of that. So that's our job is to really like clarify things, make it less scary. And so to come out with this spy pixel term just feels like a bit of an over-exaggeration, especially with the way everything else works in social media. Plenty of, right, plenty of social media platforms and messaging in, if you have, if you have an iPhone, right, you can set messages to red or unread. And I mean, that's, that's a common practice as long as, I mean, I guess that maybe the person has an option. Right. Gosh, I wish I remembered the title of it. We can put it in the show notes, but there's a Reply All episode, which is another great podcast. They're amazing. And they talk about the terms of service with a lot of different apps we're all downloading on our phones. A lot of times it's these strange games. 
I know there is a lot of controversy around TikTok right now and all the things that that app can do. It's terrifying. <laughs> so absolutely. I think if you're going to be concerned about open tracking pixels in the email, you really need to also be just as concerned about every other thing. And it's going to be hard to use social media and apps on your phone and a bunch of other things. But again, yeah, like if you are truly concerned and you think these are spy pixels, I just want you to be consistent <laughs> and right. take that same level of panic to everything else in your life. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but yeah, just be consistent with it if that's concerning to you. I personally am not as concerned about open tracking pixels as I am about the apps on my phone, Facebook, all of the data that's been stored about me on the internet. That kind of stuff scares me a lot more than open tracking pixels personally. Right. I totally agree. So, I mean... We can talk a little bit about whether or not we think that we should stop using tracking pixels altogether. Yeah. Like, what's your stance on that? Like, I know we just talked about that a little bit, but like as a deliverability impact. Yeah. What's kind of the the downfall there? Yeah, I do think it's important to just talk about because I think not a lot of people know what goes on in the back end of email. And so let's talk about the good parts of open tracking pixels. Again, not saying that they should stick around. Everyone should use them. I super respect privacy concerns. I think we should all be more concerned about privacy. And it would be amazing if the internet could be a safer place and there wasn't data stored about us. So again, if you don't want open tracking pixels in your email, I say, go for it. That's great. I just hope that you're also as concerned about everything else. And I personally wouldn't call them a spy pixel, but let's talk about the ways open rates can help. So we talked about in the sender reputation episode that it's really important for senders to clean up their list of unengaged subscribers. There is no denying that. It helps your deliverability to pay attention to who isn't opening your emails and make sure that those subscribers get removed. And that helps your sender reputation and deliverability stay healthy. So if you aren't able to tell who's opening your emails, that's going to get a lot more tough. I do have a recommendation, but just to note that in ConvertKit, it will be a feature here soon to turn off all of your open tracking pixels. I know we have a beta right now. If that's something you definitely need or want to have, you can reach out to support. But so yeah, if that's something you're thinking about doing and you want to totally turn off open tracking, that's great and fine, but just be aware that cleaning up your list is going to look different and you still need to do it. <laughs> just don't be like, oh, I don't have open rates, so I'm never going to clean my list. So my recommendation is if you stop open tracking, send an opt-in confirmation email every three to six months to everyone who hasn't clicked or purchased something from you in the last three to six months. Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, if, if you don't know who's opening your emails and you can only go off of conversion and click rates, which we've talked about previously is a good practice regardless, that can be such a good indicator for how much engagement you have overall. Obviously, clicks and conversions are different. And sometimes trying to figure out if you have an overarching deliverability issue might be a little bit more difficult if you don't have those opens to rely on. We've talked previously in an episode about how if you have a consistent, let's say, 38% open rate and all of a sudden you drop to like a 5% open rate, there's obviously something wrong. And if you don't have those open rates to go off of, you're just going to have to know, I think, a little bit more about deliverability practices as a whole and not just relying on your open rates, which I'm not sure that a lot of people 
who are utilizing email marketing yeah. are always aware of, which is why we're here, obviously, to help people learn more about more of those topics. But I definitely think that that would kind of change the name of the game a bit more. Totally. Because as you're saying, like, open trends can tell you more about kind of where your messages are going. Trends. That's a great word. Yeah. I think trends help. But like you were saying, clicks and conversions, I mean, there are so many factors that could cause a drop in clicks or conversions. And a lot of them are marketing related. Like you might have just not had great copy on that specific email where you were trying to sell something and the clicks dropped. There's just more that goes into whether someone made it all the way to a click or an actual purchase where opens is more of a frontline, like, did they actually see the email? And that is really helpful in diagnosing whether your messages are going to the inbox or spam. But like you said, opens are not always um, reliable. And we did talk about that on our episode about metrics. So check that out. So it is good anyways to focus on clicks and conversions. But again, If you don't have any open rates to go by, it's going to be hard to know if you do have a deliverability problem or if you have just like a marketing problem. So we we talked about a lot of the negative component of tracking pixels, which it seems like the biggest issue people have with it is the fact that you can see location data because like you mentioned, social media and all that, you can see red receipts. Like if you DM someone on Twitter, it's going to tell you if they saw the message or not. And it doesn't seem like a lot of us are concerned about that. So it seems like it's the location that most people have an issue with, which I understand. But I do want to highlight the ability for open rates to help keep the internet more safe, just because a lot of people might not have this perspective. But for example, on our team at ConvertKit, all day we're monitoring and keeping people safe by making sure spammers and malicious senders can't use our platform to send email. So one way, we have a lot of ways that we catch these bad senders, but one metric we do use is open rates. So the loss of open rates, if everyone were to stop using open tracking pixels, it would be the loss of one metric that we use to catch bad senders. Again, we have other ways and we could probably do other things, but it would be sad to lose one metric that has been successful in catching those bad senders. So just a few other deliverability-related facts about Hey, I actually did email them because I was curious. So a lot of mailbox providers have what's called a feedback loop, which means if someone marks the message as spam in their inbox or inbox, we will find out, like the sender will find out about it, which is really helpful because then the sender can stop sending emails to those people on the ConvertKit end, we can see if a sender has elevated spam complaints and take action on that. But the Hey team does not operate a feedback loop and they don't plan to currently. They have no plans to operate one. So just a heads up that if people start to mark your messages as spam in Hey, you won't know about it. It'll happen, but the senders will never have a way to find out about that unless they plan to make that happen in the future. I have a hard time even figuring out how I feel about that, actually. Yeah, I'm not surprised with their focus on privacy, but as someone on the sender side, it is a bummer because it's really helpful to know if someone's emails are generating a lot of complaints. It can mean so many different things, but it it means that something's going wrong. So... We want to fix that. (laughs) Right. So many things. So a second thing someone in the industry found out 
I would guess this will change, but someone said that they had an email go through the screener where they're supposed to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And that email had failed DMARC and the domain had a policy of P equals quarantine. So typically that would mean the email should go straight to the spam folder because they're probably being spoofed. So that's interesting. It seems like Hey might not be looking at the DMARC record and policy before sending a message to the screener. So something to keep in mind, a reason why that's really concerning potentially is that you could get a legit email from a sender, give it a thumbs up and say, yep, I like that sender. They're great. And then down the road, a spammer could spoof their domain, send you an email. And if Hey isn't paying attention to DMARC, that email would go straight to your inbox and it could be spoofed. It could actually be from a spammer and it could be malicious. So hopefully Hey will start to pay more attention to DMARC. And if a message fails DMARC, and their policy is quarantine or reject, it should not go to the screener. It should go to the spam folder yeah, or be blocked. Right. Super interesting. So let's talk about maybe some predictions about how we think Hey will impact email overall. Yeah. What do you think, Melissa? Oh, man. I don't know. I think that obviously we really liked a lot of features that they have been including. I think that it just makes sense to me to sort of evolve into a I don't know. I, I don't want to say social media because I think email is the way it is for a reason and it is different than social media. But I can definitely appreciate, like I mentioned before, some of those aspects sort of being utilized just from a viewing standpoint. I like looking at things through a feed view. I think it makes it easier to read without having to go back and forth and clicking into different folders. So I really like some of the features. I think from a sender and email marketing point of view, it makes me nervous because I I want to be able to have accurate data to make sure that as a creator, I have control over what my subscribers are receiving. And it would, like you said, it would be a bummer to lose some of those kind of key pieces of information in order to be sure that my content is doing the right thing for what people need. Yeah, totally agree. I wouldn't be surprised if other mailbox providers pick up on some of their really great features and start to implement it themselves and take this as a signal that it's time to just make the way email works a little bit different and a little bit more user-friendly and less of a chore, like Hay says. And I think that other mailbox providers might also see the value in giving subscribers more control over who's emailing them and who's not allowed to email them and where those emails should go. I do think with the Gmail tabs, I know I personally like it, but some people do feel like, again, Gmail has the control there. So I think people will really like the fact that Hey gives the actual user pure control. And I think maybe other mailbox providers will take that hint. Yeah, Hey seems to make things, they want to make things a bit more intuitive for users. Yeah. And when it comes to open tracking pixels, I respect the desire for privacy. And I do think there is a good middle ground that we can all find. So if in the future there is a push to just abandon tracking pixels altogether, if as an industry, we're just like, okay, we're over the tracking pixels. I'd love to see mailbox providers develop a feedback loop with more than just spam complaint data, but also they can give you 
open rate data and maybe data on whether the message went to the inbox or the spam folder. I know Verizon Media Group was one of the first people to actually do this and make it happen. But as of now, it's still in beta and it does have a hefty price tag. So it's not really usable for everyone. But I could see a future where when you send an email to most mailbox providers, they actually come back to you in a feedback loop and say, this message was open, this message went to the inbox, this message maybe was read and not just like deleted. But this form of data sharing could happen without a pixel. So no location data would be shared, which to me feels a lot more like what we're all used to seeing with social media. And it doesn't feel like people are that upset about read receipts and seen receipts in social media. Right. So they just have to, email box providers have to continue to obviously work with the changes in how spammers utilize email. So as they continue to try to make things safer for users, I think that they will also want to make it an easier and more intuitive user experience as well. That balance, though, is the part that's difficult. Yeah. Oh, that's so such a good point. I know we talk about that every week, it feels like, that email is a very, it can be a very unsafe place. And mailbox providers are fighting a lot of spam for users and blocking a lot of it. And that's really their number one goal is to, first of all, keep it safe. So, but I agree. I think it's time to try and do both, keep it safe, but also give your users more control over who's emailing them and help them feel like, yeah, like they have autonomy over their email and who emails them and how they use that email and that it works really nicely in their daily life. Exactly. Well, I think we kind of covered everything and I'm really excited to see where this takes email marketing and where it takes email in general as a whole. Yeah, I am too. And I'm really curious to hear what you all think. So tell me, uh, what do you think about spy pixels? Are you concerned about those? What do you think about, hey, blocking pixels? I would just love to hear all of your opinions because it's really fun to talk about. It is. And if you guys end up getting an account and like Alyssa said, I mean, it's not out there for everyone at this time, right? There's a waiting list, I believe. Yeah, you can just sign up for the wait list. I signed up probably a couple weeks ago and I just got my invite yesterday. So okay, not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. And I know some people out there have invitation codes, but my guess is they'll release this to people pretty quickly now. So you can go ahead and get on the wait list for a 14-day free trial. And we would love to hear what you think. Use your hey email to send us an email. I'll give you all my hey email address because I'm not scared. I can screen you. So <laughs> my hey email address is D at hey.com. So feel free to send me an email and tell me what you think. I want to know if you're scared about the spy pixels. Do you think they should call it spy pixels or should we just call it what it is? Or are you not concerned? I just want to know everything. So send us an email. Maybe we'll feature what you say if that's okay with you on our next episode. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. We'd also love a review. We had our first review. Should I read it? Is that weird? I would love to hear. I read it twice, but you should read it again. (laughs) I just want you all to know how happy it truly makes us because we're just figuring this whole podcast thing out. But we got our first review and I was just so happy. It came from someone named Joe. Joe, if you're out there, 
We love you. Thank you. Thank you. He says, really helpful content. Five stars. Melissa and Alyssa do a good job of making a really dry topic interesting. We are just getting started with email marketing and love this podcast. Good job, ladies. And it makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. It makes me happy too. I know. (laughs) You know, it's weird figuring this whole podcast thing out. And like we've mentioned before, Alyssa and I are not in the same room having this conversation. So yeah, it's different, but it's really fun and exciting for us. And we love hearing feedback and questions. We love questions. So keep those coming. Yes. Send us all the questions. We want this to feel like a conversation between all of us. And like you're just sitting with us having coffee, talking about weird email stuff. So (laughs) we love to hear from you. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And don't forget to tune in next week. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.